working drummer. Now kick it. This is the Working Drummer Podcast, serving up perspectives, experiences, and stories from ground-level working pros. Advice, tips, and secrets on how to build a career in the music business. Hey everyone, this is Matthew Krause, and you are listening to the podcast Working Drummer. Today my guest is drummer Dave McAfee. Dave has been the drummer for every one of Toby Keith's tours since the year 2000. Shows with Toby include stadium shows and festivals topping 80,000 fans, televised performances, country award shows, USO tours, as well as a Super Bowl performance for Super Bowl 37. Other artists Dave has performed and or recorded with include Wade Hayes, Brian White, Scotty Emmerich, Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, Willie Nelson, Jerry Lee Lewis, Sammy Hagar, David Allen Coe, Steve Warner, Glenn Campbell, Terry Clark, and many more. As you know, we ask for a rating and review of our podcast. This really helps us grow. Uh, to encourage you to do so, we are starting to read some of these reviews. Uh, I've got one from last year on iTunes by Mercury8590. He writes, Thought-provoking and encouraging info. This podcast is absolutely fantastic. I began listening from the beginning, and I've benefited from each podcast in some way. That's not hyperbole. I learned something about the music business, gear, recording, live work, emotional stamina needed to succeed, etc. Most importantly, it challenges me to keep moving forward on my own music career journey. I truly encourage you to give this podcast a spin. Thanks for these interviews, Matt and Zach. Man, thank you so much. Please leave a rating and review. Again, we'd love to feature you and read these reviews. Uh, and if it's inspiring, please check out more of the episodes. We've been at this for a few years, as you know. So thanks so much for that. As always, you can find us at workingdrummer.net to find out more information about this episode and all the episodes that we've done so far in the last three and a half years. Subscribe to us on iTunes. You can find us now on YouTube. We are slowly building our library of past episodes. When you're on iTunes, please subscribe. This helps us grow. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. If you use the hashtag WorkingDrummer, we'll include you on Instagram and our stories. If you want to support what Zach and I are doing here at the Working Drummer Podcast, there's a couple ways that you can do that. On the homepage of our website, WorkingDrummer.net, you can find a button for PayPal. There's also a button that is a link to our Patreon page. Patreon is an easy and convenient way to support the podcast on a regular basis. Donations start at a dollar and you have access to the bonus material that we're providing on a monthly basis from past guests. As always, any donation in any amount is greatly appreciated. So here you go, my conversation with Dave McAfee. It's really nice to work with a happy artist. Mm. And he's most definitely that. He's pretty much, he's, he's the least moody guy I've ever worked with. What do you want to say? He's, he's uh, very content with what he's done, what he's doing, what mm -hmm. he still has left that he wants to do. Um, you know, we, being that I've been with him as many years, uh, there was times when we just worked all year round, right? Every, that's, and you're lucky to do it. So happy you did it. Uh, now it's kind of, it might be a 47 to 57 day season. You okay. know, and uh, it's going to be mostly from uh, the end of June or the end of May is usually when we do production rehearsals and we'll wrap it up 
for the most part by Halloween. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, there'll be a few uh, charity things or whatever that we do over the, the quote unquote holiday season. But you got you got a good blend now, all of us. We got great family time. And then when it's time to get to work, you're excited about it. You're ready to do it. Uh, I just got home. This is just when it's starting to be busy for us. You okay. know, I just got home um, Sunday and I'll leave Saturday. This is my last week home basically for I think it's two weeks out and I'm home for a couple of days and I'm back out for two weeks. Okay. So it, it'll kick that way until September now, which is not that long. You know, you August think, is pretty much out. Yeah. And you were thinking, so you have a 13 year old daughter. Yes. Right. Is she'll be, well, own? she'll be 13 in September. I keep telling her she's 12 until she's 13. Thank, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, for uh, sure. But you have that to contend with. Absolutely. And, and navigate. And, 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 you know, uh, it, in the first part of her life, I was gone a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure you know how that is. Yes. It's, uh, you, you're you trying to be the best you can at two completely different things. And so, uh, luckily, it's just the fortune of, of having her a little later in life. Um, since she's become old enough to remember everything, I've been there, especially since the school year is kind of when we calm down now. So I'm able to be with her in a ridiculous way, just just there for her, you know? Yeah. And and so I do not take that for granted at right. all. Right. All of the guys that, that do this know that. Um, your your weekends is pretty much your trade. You know, you're going to, you know that if, uh, if it all goes well and you do ever get busy, you're going to be working on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be in town or as far away as it can be and and right so you you know there's times when you could sit around and go wow i never get to do summer weekends with my kid and go to disneyland or whatever those things and but for for pragmatism's sake i think i would as fun as that would be you just make the fun times when you have them right you do. I, I still i still really like being there for her in these years you know and school and homework and yeah and you know trying to build some character <laughs> Of, of well, and this will and invariably, I, my wife would give advice to young couples who, if one of one of them was in the industry, would say, uh, uh, "Just don't expect to celebrate birthdays, anniversaries, other holidays on the actual day. Give yourself some flexibility. Great point. Find the time. Say, okay, this is when the birthday is. This is when we can celebrate. Yeah, she's got a. My daughter's got a birthday coming up, and I won't be there." on the day yeah you know so so our plan is a little bit before and uh you know she's used to it i i I hate to say in a good way i think i don't ever it doesn't seem um of course you don't know till they become an adult you go back and find out if she's i know in therapy when they're (laughs) in their mid-40s it's all coming to the surface (laughs) right but i do have to say you know just this morning we were talking about stuff and and she knew i was coming here and and she said something really nice to me. She just said, I don't, I don't remember how we got to it, but she said something like, well, you, just remember you're so lucky that you love what you do. Yes. You know, and she really did say that. She's 12 years old now. Well, that's a really nice thing to say. And she goes, well, you do. You can tell you, you really are into yeah, it yeah. still. And, it's, you know, still, she knows how long it's been. Yeah. So I was like, well, thank you. I think it's really important for um – 
if 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 you find yourself doing this full time and raising a family, it can be a challenge. But I think you have an opportunity to teach those that look up to you and your children uh, a certain work ethic and value that is unique to the entertainment industry compared to other industries. Um, it takes a lot of sacrifice, but when it's a, it's a way of life. Great point. And um, I have um, one son that's interested in maybe doing music and the other that is not, but he's finding his passion. And it's not about being becoming a musician. It's about finding his passion and, uh, and seeing this joy that comes from me and my wife, who's not a musician, but she, she has her calling. Mm-hmm. And that helped to uh, shape the way you live. It surely does. It sure does. There's, and and I don't know. You know, uh, happiness is just such a. You you ask sixteen people what happiness is, you might get sixteen different answers. Yeah. Right. Success is not the definition of happiness. Happiness is the definition of success. Oh, I love that. And I, it's one of my favorite ones. And we just kind of fell onto it right there. It's it's so uh, it's so true. If you're if you're happy, and and I think you've live this we've all lived this one if you're not if you're not in love with being a musician and trying to feed your family doing it um do something else yes <laughs> it's just if you can't make a funny story out of all the hardships or like we were talking before three days with no sleep mm-hmm. and and you know that if you were running a company you wouldn't do some of the things you do for the return that you get (laughs) right but but when you're doing this and you're like somebody that you want to work with or somebody that you you have loyalty with or just somebody calls and says hey can you do this and nine out of ten things might tell you no i can't i don't have time i really shouldn't i'll be tired and you go yep you know and and if you're not if you're not that person it doesn't matter what instrument you play don't don't try this for for many many years because the unhappy guys that get past the point of no return it's yeah. it's tough and and there's some of them out there because they're just good you know oh good point they're they're gonna yeah. work and right. they're gonna hate it they're gonna be miserable yeah and uh we all know them we all we all see them all the time and right. and i still admire them because they're good <laughs> but uh i i don't want to trade places like that I, i'd right. rather be I, i'm just lucky to be happy you know i'll take it <laughs> it's a really good point i think when when you're young and you look at, at, at the industry and think man if i could play music full-time that would be the shit it would be the best thing ever and then when you start doing it you realize the challenges that are involved and um i think for some people uh it's not what they expected and like yep. you say, they're good, they're working, and you and you find that you're miserable, and it becomes infectious. And I think it's okay to take a step back. And we have some mutual friends that have said, you know what, I'm done working full time. Uh, I want to do other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Elliott taking yeah. some time to focus on building his uh, practice and physical fitness. And he just seems like, I mean, you know him better than I do. But he just seems like a happy guy. He is. And it's, you know, the, the other things we've said, I don't know if we made this up in our in our camp or whatever, but it, for some reason it seems like happiness does not spread 
nearly as fast or as deep as the miserable uh, yep. misery, let's say. Yeah. Um, you get you get a couple. You get nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen people on a bus. You know, you know how it goes. The, for some reason, human nature it just tends to go down instead of up. Mm-hmm. And uh, if 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 that said bus is made up of guys that are going to be there anyway. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's you just end up making we handle everything with humor out mm-hmm. there. And it's mm-hmm. of course it's not as bad now as, but the, if you don't get through the Plato fun factory of everything that can happen to you in the 20 or 30 years it takes you to Yeah. And and still you know we worked every day to get where wherever it is people think we are and I still say well, we lucked out. You know, <laughs> you work super hard and you still say we lucked out. Absolutely. Because you, yeah. you, if you if you don't agree that you still have to be lucky, it's it's going to hit you that much harder. You know, it's going to take way longer than you thought. And then ask anybody that is doing well. Um, did you make it? Have you made it? You know, yeah. What are you talking about? I don't know. I'm I'm still aiming for something. I'm not I don't even know what it is. You know, I get yeah. up and I'm like, I hope I, I hope I'm working tomorrow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people that aren't in the business go, well, or they think you made it, whatever that phrase is. Yeah. And, you know, you go home and go, and you're scratching your head going, ah, is, is that some people that's being rich, some people that's being famous, whatever your perception of any of uh-huh. those things is. And uh-huh. But for most of the people doing it, we're all just going, ah, you know, today's today. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, hope I'm doing it tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Exactly, and 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 when I you know say say we started this when we were eighteen twenty six whatever, were you happy then? Yes, you made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The minute I got on my first bus and and didn't get fired right away, <laughs> right? I was uh, I was and and my dad used to tease me about because my goal was to be a working drummer. Yeah, literally, it, it wasn't any higher than that. I didn't want to be the best. I didn't want to be the most famous. I didn't want to be rich. I just wanted to be one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and and then you know you, by definition, as soon as you're working, you're one of those guys. So I, yeah. I probably should have had higher goals or had some better laid out plan. But to me, every day that I was doing that, I I made it. You know. Yeah. yeah. And my dad said, "Well, it's too bad your goal wasn't." wasn't to be rich because you know if you'd have put your mind to that you might have <laughs> <laughs> and i was like nice i i like to say i'm i'm the band leader until he hits the stage which is probably true of every band leader right, right. he he's he's very he knows exactly what he wants which uh-huh. is a gift to uh, you know some artists are they don't really know what they want but they'll know it when they hear it you know, mm-hmm. and and when the bell rings, everybody's good. But meanwhile, you might you might take a lot of swings at that ball until mm-hmm. you hit it. He's not that guy. He knows exactly what he wants. Oh. He and even better, he knows exactly what he doesn't want. Uh-huh. And it takes you about thirty forty five seconds to figure it out. Uh-huh. And so there's no wasted time. You you just and after being with them so many years, you you right. kind of learn this this thing he hates, this thing he loves, these arrangements. Are going to work great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, case in point, you know he's got a million people wanting his attention and needing him and talking to him. He's flying all over the place. This isn't the only thing he does. Yes, and and he's 
happy doing it all, by the way. Like we said, he, he's not just coming in going, oh, God, I can't believe we got three dates. You know, he lands, he's boots on the ground, and he's right into back into that thing. Mm-hmm. And so you can go to him every day and tug on his shirt tail and go, hey, boss, hey, man, uh, you want to do this? You want to do that? Or you think we ought to do this? Or And after a while, you, you already know the answer to those questions. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of tend to just, if it's new material or if it's more options, he's got such a huge catalog. Right. Uh, you kind of just like when we decided to just present him some more options to go different directions in the show, it was like, he, he doesn't say, Hey man, learn 15 or 20 more of the tunes. If you go to him and say, Hey man, what do you think about if we go back and get this or go back and get that? Or he'll, he'll be like, ah, you know, I think we're good or, so we finally learned we just do it anyway. We just we just go back and grab song here, song there, song here, song there. And and your job is to make him it's not to kiss his bottom, it's to make him feel comfortable yeah. up there. And so you know him, you know what he likes, you know what he doesn't like. You don't need a hug yeah. to find that out, right? right? You don't need the attention. So you just go, Well, we'll have this, we'll be ready. And nowadays, since it's we're all older, we're all still enjoying this, he is much more liable to take a left turn or go <laughs> and, and it's because he can, right? He, he, yeah. he can call and I'm not going to sit here and say that he can call every song he's ever recorded yeah. and we just count it off, but he's not, he's not up there trying to play stump the band either, but he, he loves, uh, he just loves all of that, you know? And the set list now is just a suggestion list. So, oh, wow. yeah, okay. it, it's we know what we're starting with. Sometimes, though, as we're rounding the corner heading for the stage, she'll change that. <laughs> and so yeah. you're trying to get the message to the monitor guy. You're trying to get the message to front of house. Sometimes you don't have time. Yeah. And all those guys have learned to be ready to just, you know, punt and, yeah. and lighting guy. You know, he's in one program. He's ready to go to something else. Exactly. If I get to it's my a lot of moving parts in a, in a show that size, it is. And, and you know, we a lot of shows that size for very, very good reasons, they do end up being extremely planned and extremely organized. Right. If you have pyro, yep. you can't, you can't really just blow off pyro. If people aren't in their positions, you just can't do it. No, you know? So when we used to have big full pyro, we don't anymore, but over the last, I don't know, we, we haven't had it for about four or five years now, but before we had it for a good 10 before that. And so those songs, the shooter knows that that's coming up. The band knows what positions they have to be in so they don't literally get injured. And so when we had those things spaced out, you couldn't just, he was very limited. He couldn't just change those songs very often. We learned to change a few here and there, but everybody knew it wasn't just about singing and playing. It was about get to your spot before that pyro mark goes off. You know? Gotcha. There were there were points in the show that needed to remain consistent, but then yes. within between those, he could switch things. Yeah, okay. and then we had uh, trying to keep up with because production value is great. You know, you go to see anybody big; they've got synchronized video, they've right. got great things. Uh, we had several of those going on. You know, uh, used to have a get drunk and be somebody was a big hit back in the day, and we had the bouncing ball on the video screen and there's actually a feel change a tempo and feel change in the middle of that song oh and so it was a it was an interesting thing to click that out and be able to 
change time, come back, you know what I mean? Yes, and follow yes. the bouncing ball, make sure that you're not off. Right, right. And so again, if he, if he didn't, if he changed up the set list and, and, you know, he's not, he's a great communicator in the fact that he doesn't, he doesn't say anything unnecessary. <laughs> you know, he, mm. he, we have hand signals, we have things. Uh, most of the time, I, if he's going to talk, if he doesn't say anything, then it's the next song, right? Unless he's given a, a hand signal. But if he's going to talk, you got to listen to what he's saying because it might imply, oh, we're not it's doing that. It's a story that leads up it's to a story that means, beer for my horses that's or right. something, right? Yeah, That's right. And so, yeah, it's kind of a long answer there. But production rehearsal now consists of every year if the tour name and the colors and the moniker and all that stuff, the, the, the artwork is going to change. Uh, the crew will be in there for two, three days before it's ever band day. Yeah. You know, just making sure they know how to set it up, tear it down, how many trucks does it take. All of those things end up getting rehearsed. Mm -hmm. And then when we're doing a year where it's lots of different things, where it's arena dates, sheds, and festivals, and corndog fairs, and whatever it might be, mm -hmm. uh, we've, you know, when you're on the big tour, you kind of grow into that, right? And then the big tour, every date's the same. Um, but you're doing a variety at this point. Now we are. And, and TV. And, yeah. And yeah. so you got to learn that uh, if you – so now they categorize in my – I don't want to talk out of my realm, but I think they have an A, an A gig, a B gig, a C, and a D. And it doesn't – it's not important. It's like A may mean all the trucks. Yeah. B may mean no mains. You know, so instead of paying for those trucks to travel along and park for a day <laughs> or three gigs when there was no no mains, no front of house cabinets right, required, right, right. they've learned how to look ahead, pick those gigs have full every truck. Those gigs only have some, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's super organized now. And and so and that's all done by the production manager and the tour manager and all that. And right. and we wouldn't even know it, you know, band gears at every gig, obviously. Yeah. So that truck goes, yeah, you got a cocktail kit uh, yeah. on the uh, F gig. <laughs> right. Right. And, and there are, there are now it's just kind of sort of like you go full circle and you come back to in the beginning days, right. When you were doing radio shows and the next day might be, might be television in the morning and a big show at night. And you just had to be ready for, you know, you had to have more than one stick bag sometimes because you know you're going to be tired. That's going to be in the case. That's going this way. You you learn all of these things like you're, and and you have a tech, but he may he can only be one place. Yeah, you know, so yeah. if they send the tech to the big gig, then it's kind of on you to worry about the satellite things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And of course, he's gonna he's gonna help you get ready for it, and you're gonna think it out. But staying in front of it is the only way you survive all of that. But now that we've come full circle, now it's kind of fun to, when we get those challenges, you know, we just did the Today Show a couple of weeks ago. And, of course, they're going to be smart about it. We were in the East anyway, in the Northeast. And it okay. was around 4th of July weekend. And we did Connecticut. And then we literally jumped in the buses and hauled butt to Manhattan. And, you know, that's like a... 3.30 a.m. call time for the crew. Oh, right. You TV know? shows, those morning shows, right. Yeah, and it's Eastern time. <laughs> so uh, so you're over there. Uh, the guys, the crew guys got a couple of hours of sleep, and they let us take two of the buses. And, you know, sometimes you can't even park buses down there, but they, they really did us a favor by letting us have Toby's and ours. And 
and we got down there and and then we get up and we have to do sound check and do the whole thing and then you play the show and then you jump back in your bunk and try to get some sleep because that night we were in atlantic city oh, wow. you know yeah. so so it's and and you're excited about it because right you, yeah. you're you're yeah. busy that's what you set out to do that's right. why you left the house exactly but again you know you get more than three or four or five tired guys in a room and uh there has to be some positive people you know to yes <laughs> otherwise you're just tired and grumpy and you, you can't even blame them you know for, no. you need to take a step back from it all and say wow this is what i've aspired to do and that's it. all these other things that go with it you need to weather it and 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 manage your time in a, in a healthy way and recognize when you're beat down as we all get physical, physically beat down, mentally beat down and kind of check yourself before you react to a bad situation and say something you regret or do something you regret. But always recognize that I, I, we had that experience when we you know, flew out to northern west Canada <laughs> And we came back, and one of the guys who was coming from another place missed a flight and had huh. like two hours of sleep. And he was a little grumpy, and he said something. And I thought, I know why he said that because he's really tired, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give him a little bit of grace. Yep. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna have fun on the gig. And that's that's great because you know even even whoever your levity guy is, sometimes being funny at the wrong time. <laughs> A, You're right. Is a bad plan. <laughs> yeah, come off as as not funny and a yeah, smart ass or something like that. Yeah, you know, and our, our our bus, well, our guys and our crew, we don't really have very many new bodies. You know, it's guys that have just been there forever, and you know, we just joke. We we know everything about each other. Yeah, uh, and it and it's really a. I can't say enough how. You know, sitting here now, of course, it makes me super grateful. I love, I love those guys, and we we annoy the crap out of each other, you know. Mm-hmm. And we also make each other laugh uh, when we get back together on it. Right? It, you, yeah. There's just a special thing about that. Whatever, whatever gig you're in, whatever bus you're climbing on, and and most of us are, are had enough years to learn that it it's not going to last as long as it has lasted. It's not going to last forever. Right. You know, I was on. The, the Wade Hayes bus was probably like the the biggest family kind of thing that I learned from the years before, before I played right, with Toby. Right, right, right. And it was the best thing I had ever experienced at that time. It was the most thoughtful, respectful, classy country as cornbread. But if, <laughs> if you had a problem, it was, you were going to get, hey, you got a minute and, and you got removed from the crowd. You got one 30-second you know, by the road manager or by possibly by the artist or whoever had a problem with whoever. There was none of that backstabbing craziness, you know, that goes on some places. And then you got to get straight and you got back on and you went on down the road. And evidently, I just thought that was going to last forever <laughs> because I completely took it for granted. Interesting. You know, and then when that ended and it's you, you don't know why it's going to end if uh, the label hierarchy changes and yeah. your artist is not somebody that the new team signed they don't hate him it's there's nothing it's not even have to do with that sometimes yeah. it's just the new bunch has their they want to find somebody they want to discover the next thing yeah. uh and and we we had a hiatus that we didn't know was coming he didn't know it was coming this is wade hayes wade hayes yeah and uh-huh. and he 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 survived that and many many other much more serious things mm-hmm. but at that time right 
we didn't, we were just kind of, I just remember myself at that time just being so happy and loving it. And then, and I didn't, I didn't realize that possibly the next bus I got on, if, if I ever did get on another one, wasn't going to be just like that, you know? So I, I try to tell everybody now, do what you can to make your situation. It sounds fluffy, but do what you can to make it good. Yeah. And if it is good, don't take it for granted. This episode is brought to you by DrumSellers.com, the niche marketplace where drummers, drum retailers, and drum manufacturers buy and sell their gear. List your drums for sale for free, and the only fee is 4% if it sells. Simple. Check out all the new used vintage and custom drum eye candy at DrumSellers.com. But it's a, it's a cruel fact of humanity, I guess, that when you're younger... You know, men especially, uh, not just men. This, this I think applies to men and women, drummers, guitar players, whatever it may be. You're you're young and you have a certain amount of fearlessness. That it doesn't mean you're jumping off of cliffs or jumping out of airplanes, although some people are doing that. But when, as it pertains to what we do, mm-hmm. you're just going forward and you're going to land. Somebody offers you a gig. I don't remember too many times sitting down and going, I probably shouldn't do that or I probably can't do that. But uh, I back then I just was like, say yes, figure it out. Say yes, figure it out. Right. And as you get older, it's it's a combination and <laughs> hormones change from what I understand, and the part of your brain that accurately predicts consequence develops later in your life. So once you've got the ability to go, well, you know, you know what's going to happen if I can't cut that or if I put myself in the wrong position, it's going to be terrible. And, you know, that guy is really, really good. And so, you know, if you start looking at everything with the reasoning capabilities that you have older, right? You And, and it's just that same thing. You wouldn't do the same things you did. And there's a reason. Uh, you have those inhibitions. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, later, it's because that part of your brain is going, all right, <laughs> just the flashlight goes farther down the road now. And so you, if you like me, you definitely there's an intimidating thing. I, I didn't care how big the crowd was when I was younger, just the bigger, the better. Yeah. And and I know I'm, I'm lucky and I'm in a very comfortable situation and I, and I kind of, I know what's coming and, you know, it's, it's not that a big crowd is going to surprise me around the corner, you know, like sometimes when you're in a smaller act and the next, somehow you get last minute booked in front of a hundred thousand people. If you haven't done that before, the younger people are usually like, let me at them, man. I can't wait. Let me have that. And if you're a little bit older, you might be going, Hmm. You know, and and you can panic if your ear mix isn't right or if you're... Yeah, yeah. it's so interesting that you say that because I I feel like there's things that kind of throw me off at this point in my life compared to when I'm just like, just throw and go. And, and, you know, people are like, hey, listen, guys, we're going to be getting there. We're not going to really have much of a sound check. And we're just going to... It's just a throw and go. And I kind of go, oh, shit, man. I want my... I want my perfect ear mix, and I want this and that. And it's like, what happened to that 16-year-old that said, whoa, drums, yay, go, Right, you just played? And so to tap into that again, because the audience doesn't care, the right. person you're working for doesn't want to hear your little, uh, you know, misgivings about the setup. Right. And, and again, everything that gets put into space when you when you have just – the herd of turtles has just 
run out of the runner van. You just came from the airport. You've got just enough time to get set up and get some kind of sound check. Mm -hmm. And the gear either isn't what it was supposed to be or something didn't, you know, Mm -hmm. we've all been there and it's still, it's a natural human reaction to go, wait a minute. I got myself into this situation counting on these things. Now you're telling me these things aren't going to be there, but yet I'm still going to have to do my job. Mm-hmm. And, and in some jobs that wouldn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. In this job, you can plan on it. You have to count on it. Plan on inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and the guys that I, I would love it if, you know, the, the best, most talented drummers in, in one way, if it's just a one dimensional conversation, they should get all the gigs. Right. But, it's the guys who can, you can you can be a good player, and you got to have sense of this. You got to be a survivor. You got to be able to adapt. If you have some levity, or at least you're not the biggest gripe around. Mm-hmm. But when all of those things get thrown at you, it's funny that you said it a minute ago. I feel like experience is about the only way that you get really good at that. Mm-hmm. But the the cruel joke is the younger acts, the newer acts get thrown to the wolves way more often than the mm-hmm. the established ones that have got a, a whole team of people mm-hmm. basically like flying ahead and figuring out, mm-hmm. you know, getting mm-hmm. it right. So some people, they, they get into it and they see how ridiculous that is. That's a, cra- it's a crazy concept. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to run tracks. I'm going to have click in my left ear. I'm going to do all this stuff. And then I'm going to get to this place where that we have, what, 10 minutes to dial on a board that's not ours. Yeah. And, and that time's got to go to making sure the artist can do what he does. Yes. And if you don't learn to be quiet or help that happen mm-hmm. and then go, you know what? I, I may not hear anything. And, and it's very intimidating when you've got tracks and things that have to be heard. You, you can't mm-hmm. do some things without, mm-hmm. right? So, so you either have people throwing tantrums or, or getting frustrated or the combination of both is that wonderful panic. Mm-hmm. And then then it's like, ladies and gentlemen, are you excited here? You know, as soon as you hear that guy starting You're to like, talk. Whoa, I haven't gotten a kid. And though. they haven't even gotten to you yet. Yeah. Right? And and you just wanted the little kid inside you wants to just put the sticks down and go, mm mm. Yeah. You know, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. And the professional in you has to go, What am I gonna do? How am I gonna do it? You know, and uh, I don't know, time-wise, stop me if I ramble too much, but there's yeah. a story that's perfect for this. That Please. We, we did uh, Live 8, you know, one of the greatest things we ever got to do, the Live 8 thing uh-huh. where, you know, the simulcast all around the world. Yeah. And we were in Philadelphia, and they we played Pittsburgh, or we were going to play Pittsburgh the next night, so they sent it, they had to send the band a private jet in order for that we could even do it. Toby had his. What year was this? Uh, gosh, great question. I'll have to. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, you might be right. So I was thinking 85 was Live 8. Yeah, the original, right? This, and this Live was 8 the, was... Yep. Yeah, okay. I think you're probably right. I should I should know that before I go sure. launching off. No, that's fine. But uh, it was very it was very well planned, very well. They had the A-B stage, right? Yeah. Each act does three, three to five songs, whatever, depending. And you go in and rehearse, and there's scaffolding, and there's monitor board, monitor board, monitor board, monitor board, like three stories higher than the stage. Wow. And they've got... Each scaffolding's got like two, you know, and they had tails and 
pins and, and multi-pin setups going everywhere. Yeah. And the idea was, and you flew in the day early, you flew in two days early, actually, the day you flew in, next day you got up, it was all about sound check for everybody. Uh-huh. And everybody, you got time and you spent, it was not rushed and you dialed your stuff and it was amazing. And you're like, I cannot wait to do this. And, you know, there's going to be a million people actually here and then how many millions are going to see yeah 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 and so you're you, it sounded so good that you weren't even nervous right yeah. and you by the time we left out we were looking for a good place to eat we're waiting for the next day the next day we come in and it's it's running it's running live it's a stage while the b stage flips and gets ready this one turns that one turns you know so while they're playing that one's getting ready as soon as that one's done that one turns ready or not yeah, you know, right, so right, right. so we're we're doing it and we're plugging in and everything and they start testing mixes, and it couldn't have been more wrong if you <laughs> if you tried to make it funny. I got the horn mix, you know, a three piece horn section. Yeah. He had the horns blow just a little. You know, you can't make too much noise, but yeah, and it about knocked me off my seat. And then I I checked the drums. It's barely you know they don't have a lot of me, and so everybody got somebody else's mix oh, out no. of a nine piece band. Oh, no. Every mix was wrong except the artist mix. <laughs> and we kept, and, and we had one of the best monitor guys, Earl Neal was out with us. He was just going, uh, I, I don't understand. And he's dialing up stuff. And we didn't have enough time to figure out that whoever had unplugged it and replugged it, there was a mispatch kind yeah, of situation. Yeah. I don't know how that happens at that level, but literally it was, when we had about three minutes to go, the the guy you you know can if they can be figured out, that guy can figure it out. And he's like, I got nothing. I I cannot make this right. He couldn't. I don't know what else happened, but it didn't get right. So the band is sitting there, and and we've been doing this a long time. We look start looking at each other, and Rich, the guitar player, is looking at me. The bass players over there. We're like, okay, we're ears. This is crazy. The slap back alone is going to kill us. And we start going, but we're not going to be able to play with this. Yeah. And so Rich had a double amp rig. He turns one of them to face me so I can at least hear where he's at. Yeah. We, we start moving stuff around yeah. so that we can play like the good old days yeah. when you actually could hear each other. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And so we, they turn around and it's like you're still hoping with the last, I left one ear in with the last hope of, I'm gonna get it's it's good, you know. Do you have do you have a, a click running? Well, on on that day we would have right if we if we could have it was yeah. it was I'll, I'll I'll at least flash start time you know for stuff depending and we knew what songs we were doing that day so yeah but it was not you know what I mean it was that was gone everything was out the window so I'm just running it looking at the lights. And uh, and then they finally go, all right, hey, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you know, and Toby comes on. And at that time, we didn't know that his mix was right either. We're just telling him, dude, be careful. You know, <laughs> oh, no. it's a little messed up. And he got on there and nailed it. Yeah. Because it sounded like it was supposed to for him. He, right. he didn't. I don't know that he even knew anything was wrong yeah. once once we started. He never I don't remember him ever looking back or making an adjustment. And we literally, right hand up to God, the whole band played that thing acoustically with each other. That's amazing. Because <laughs> there wasn't one guy that had the right mix. And it was just a, you know, I don't, I, I hate that it, but, you know, we come off of that and none of us wanted to see it or hear it. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, I, I, I don't want to know. I hope it was livable. And then, you know, later, you know, DVD comes out and all that stuff, and it was fine. But heart attack, and I know that's a long story, but... No, but man. it's so relatable. I mean, you know, th- those stories are important to... to I mean, because that's, that's what happens, and how do we learn from those experiences? Yeah, you know, and really, the best, the best thing that comes out of that, other than making making men out of men and women out of boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Um, when you, when you finally emerge from, I'm not going to say that, that you can do, there's times when maybe it doesn't, you can't do it, you know, the power's not working or something. Yeah. Um, but, but the way that that goes, you, you have, is, is sometimes I'm sitting there and I know that I can't hear what I want to hear in, in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also looking to go, okay, the artist has got to hear. It's just the way it is. He's singing. He's got to hear. So let's, you got to have a plan B, plan C, plan D, and a battle, an emergency plan. So let's, let's get that first. And you can't have a, one of your guys nitpicking frequencies and painting and stuff when, oh, when you're, yeah. when you're at the mercy of, you're going, look, we're just trying to make sure this show happens. So you have to, and, and being with a bunch that's been together a long time, we've been through all of that. We know we can fly into a, a complete blank board and start at kick, snare, pass around. We've, we've got it down to an art now, but it wasn't always, Yeah, you know, and yeah. every guy up there has been through, been to some of the best gigs he's ever had. had it sound like a studio all night. Mm-hmm. And he's also had to play with just about nothing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and we have stories for both, you know, right, you right. certainly leave every one of those with the story. Has anything changed with the horn section when they started? Uh, like arrangements or anything? Yeah. You know, they're just, they're just more refined and, They've got. They were good when they got there, and they're just better. It's 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 pretty. It's, a, it's awesome. It's there's a been great a couple sound. of uh, position changes. You know, uh-huh. one of the guys uh, got hired to go out and direct Cirque du Soleil. You know, the traveling one. Yeah, and he awesome. was in China and all kinds of places. And those guys are just. That's our. That's our high pedigree section. <laughs> you know, <laughs> those guys are massively educated, and. The, they're the, the uh, they're the hotel group, they, not the motel group. Right there, you go. There and there, I have nothing but respect for the way they approach the stuff. Um, the sax player Roman writes most of the parts. Um, Jay, the trumpet player, plays with Snarky Puppy. He also has his own album out now. That I don't know when he sleeps. You know, he's uh-huh. uh, he's everywhere. Uh, Nick, um, man, it's it's just those guys are just they're able to come together and do this gig. Because obviously, right, horns on Toby Keith, that's what we got when we first did it. They, they've been mm-hmm. here 15 years now or something like that. Uh, that long? Maybe. It's, it's at least 12. Okay. Um, and, you know, there's, there's horns on a couple Toby songs. but Yeah. But, uh, and there's a couple that they don't put parts on, you know, because uh-huh. it doesn't need it. But the parts they write are really, I'm really happy with them. Toby's really happy with them. We we changed some of the other things. You know, there's horn stingers and stuff that I'm yeah. hitting with them. Okay. But yeah, they they really are uh they're 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 great at playing in tune, which is a really good thing if you have horns. Yes. Right? And <laughs> and you know, as hard as it is to keep electronic instruments in tune, yeah. Um and and in all the chaos and the craziness of a gig like that, 
uh, outdoors, in, indoors. Intonation is yes. a thing. <laughs> yes, it is. And it's something that we still you're just going to struggle with that, right? But uh, but we we have some good we have some good boots on the ground there. This might have been covered already, I think, in, in kind of the overarching conversation here. But I had this question out and just kind of see if you can speak any more to it. Um, any significant changes, good or bad, that come to mind um, that might be relevant to drummers that are navigating the current scene? Like anything that's changed since when you started? Oh, yeah, I really like that question. That, that's... <laughs> Because it's so relevant because what the guys our age talk about is how it was when we came up. Yeah. And there was a super healthy club scene back in our days before any of us were playing with any signed artists. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of us had good good luck in history with indie acts that were kind of known. Mm -hmm. And so there was this natural evolution of you, you kind of got known in Texas and then you got in this band that – played in nashville and it played all these other mm -hmm. there were so many clubs back then that that had the budget for for big bands bands that traveled and so it certainly wasn't easy i don't want to say that, that was easy it was a lot of days and a lot of hours and a lot of miles but we had places to evolve to like I, my first mm -hmm. bunch of gigs was we we're opening for a famous act and they're looking for a drummer and they come out and check the opening band out Next thing you know, <laughs> Jed's a millionaire, and uh, you want a job? And, you know, you kind of – two of my on-the-way-up jobs came like that. And now, you know, there's not there's not as much of that healthy club scene. The record industry doesn't work the same way. Yeah. The albums, the singles, the – just the money, just the monetary amount of difference between selling albums and how the business brings money into the – the manager, the artist, the whoever's paying the bills, right? Yeah. It seems like everything and, and I don't I don't get to do as many I used to always try to stay busy. If if Toby was off, I was into something, you know, and, and trying to trying to, uh, whether it was playing fiddle and steel or trying to put together, you know, mm -hmm. all of us have our own little production things and and trying to make indie records for people or trying not to rip people off, letting them come to Nashville and make something they were proud of. And, and helping them as much as you could. But the industry has changed so much now that I know that budget is like number one, two, and three concern yeah. on most of the new acts that I see that I yeah. get to meet enough to talk about right. or talk to. Right. And to be more relevant to your question, it, it wasn't like we just jumped on the first bus and, and had huge paychecks and, and started eating great catering. But, uh, there was things like uh, tour support. Your artist might be taking tour support if the, the label had a good plan for him. Um, so even the difference between being on a bus or being in a van in a trailer or being in a, a sprinter or, or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Those things, to me, seem like they've definitely changed. And I don't uh, so, so So labels are more budget conscious. Well, they have to be. You know, yeah, if, uh -huh. if, you're, if you're a hit... If your first hit is off of a 12-song record or a 10-song record that's selling for between $11 and $15, and people are going crazy to have it, and your marketing team did what they were supposed to do, right? And people, those albums are flying off the shelf. Instantly, there's at least somebody that can project 
you know, a, a reasonable amount of what to what's coming, what to spend, how to follow it up, where where this bunch needs to go. And mm-hmm. it used to be more about gigs and 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 full band things. Now there's the radio tour, right? Yeah. Because now you're trying to get one song played. Yes. And if people go crazy over that one song, yeah. it might cost eighty eight cents on Walmart.com, you know? Yeah. So by the time the writers and the publishing and all that stuff gets right. It's it's certainly not. Uh, it, it's just a different thing in streaming and all of that stuff. I know I sound like I'm making a, a a bad example of those things, but that'll change if if you're used to selling cars, and then you start just selling the door handle of the car. Yes. Right. Yes. The money that's coming in is going to yeah. be way. It, it just changes everything. So. For for the for the record label for the product the production crew the even just the and this is where I wanted to be the most relevant the staffing of the band and crew now you see it's not just about going oh man those guys are tracks Blah. it's sometimes they can only afford four musicians mm-hmm. you know and and it, some acts have even gone without a bass player now you know it's like right. what can we what can we get out there? You you got to get out there and mm-hmm. get seen and build a fan base. Mm-hmm. But that whole first, uh, and it, not to say that there hadn't been artists that made it without initial hit success, but the the whole paradigm is just different, right? Mm-hmm. And and so understanding all of that uh, to try to run something like that and try mm-hmm. to say, hey, this we want this artist and this band to be here. On Thursday, we want them to be at that radio station on Friday. We're going to fly them back here on Saturday. Yeah, um, It's hard. And it, it's definitely hard to build morale when everything is about the budget. You know? It, well, and oftentimes when you're touring and, 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 and the artist is doing a, a, a solo set to maintain uh, some eyes and ears on the new single – it's going to be uh, them by themselves, or maybe they're going to do a duo thing, and so the drummer sometimes is the last person Absolutely. to get. And on. and saying that in the in the the best way that I ever found to look at that, I didn't experience a lot of that, right? Because we it wasn't like that when we came up. I mm-hmm. I was with artists that did radio gigs, and I I didn't go. Yeah. And and I was fine. And then I was with artists that wanted the cajon or they wanted the shaker mm-hmm. or something or or if you were one of the singers. Yeah. Um, and so I got I got a great view at both of those things. But but now sometimes the, the you'll see you'll see it and you'll meet the guys and you'll talk. And and it's not just because management or the artists don't want to pay you or they don't want to spend the money. It's just a different challenge yeah, yeah and you know what i mean if you walk around feeling like uh like it's just it's personal <laughs> then then the morale goes even in the toilet sooner yeah, and yeah, right. and you know if you can just sticking it out now and waiting until they get some traction i, I might not know but i think it's a little harder yeah i, I agree with you I agree with you. And and it seems interesting so that there's and I don't know if we have time to get into it too, but at at the same time I'm seeing a shift in 
live music compared to uh, the, the, the money that's being made or how to stay busy working live compared to songwriters? Because it seemed like for a while, songwriters, uh, this might be completely off topic, but, you know, it seemed like money was in publishing and songwriting, and it mm-hmm. seems less so with streaming and the way music is being distributed at this point. Well, right. Um, you know, I'm the guy that I'm with wrote 99% of his material, right, yeah. in the good days. And so he he was smart in the early days. He didn't go crazy, but he, he had more money coming to him sooner, you know, and and so was able to kind of keep keep his eye on the – on the prize and go, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to get big when it's time to get big, when it's time to have another bus or another truck or more production or whatever, then we're going to, we're going to grow into our, our, our role effectively. And it wasn't just up to a label to say, yes, we're going to loan you all this money and and you're going to have to pay us back. It was, you know, a songwriter, a singer songwriter is going to have better, boots on the ground i keep saying that phrase yeah, but sure. mm-hmm. but you're going to be able to to have more say in what's going on now now you got streaming and single release i mean there's there's a few people still doing albums and I, you know it's they used to be very careful and and i say they i don't think i think everybody that's in this industry is trying to do the best they can or they wouldn't leave the house i'm sure there's mm-hmm. there's the high and the low of that but when and and you know you you've been with an artist for a while and you kind of some artists are great about paying and some of them you kind of have to ring the bell in order to get the band to raise or whatever that may be and and especially years ago you would always be told, well, the money's not in the live anyway, guys. The money's in the record sales, and we're out here to supplement that. So don't don't get above your raise, and don't forget what your part of this thing is. You know, the mm-hmm. records sell, and everything else f- flows downhill from there. And now, it's, I don't want to say it's completely about live, but live, in that respect, is more important than it's ever been. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. And and you know, the we just played Faster Horses, you know, um a completely huge huge festival. That's it's a Brian O'Connell festival and uh it, it rained, it it stormed, they had to evacuate the whole thing right before the the later acts came on. And you know, once upon a time and you have to be super careful now, right? So it's oh, it's evacuated. It is fully yeah, uh, you know, all our stuff got wet. The crowd goes away. They got to go back to their campers and all that stuff. And uh, case in point, once upon a time when that happened, you could expect a good bunch of them to come back. Yeah. But this this bunch, we went on at midnight, and you, I don't think anybody didn't come back. And I'm not. I'm glad they came back for us. But uh, that is a thing now. The the live festival. Thank the Lord, right? The yeah. the camping thing, the four day festivals that you go out and yeah, and you know there's several acts yeah from from two o'clock on or noon on yeah uh, you know you try to imagine that as is. hot as it is standing out there all that time and the people cannot seem to get enough of it so yeah. and and any any of the fans that are listening to this don't think that every artist doesn't appreciate that I know because because yeah. that is where 
that's that's where it's coming from now yeah. in my humble opinion yeah. i know that there's artists out there that are selling lots of that are really really doing good but it's not the broad swath of the it's not the top third of the industry anymore like it might have been our bass player passed away uh he was in a car wreck and tragically killed and he was the character of all characters and he he was he was in this thing from the beginning. It's Toby's buddy. He was he was the band leader at that time, and he was the wittiest guy we had. He was he was irreverent. He was mm-hmm. everything. If you never met him, but he, uh, you know, you 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 and I spoke a while about uh, how tired you get. Well, it's it's about thirty hours of flying just to get, depending counting all the planes and where you may have left oh, from. You're going to Kuwait, and and we started doing that in about '03. And we did it 11 years straight. Oh my gosh. And we'd, we'd go to uh, Kuwait and Iraq, sometimes Kuwait, Iraq, and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, and, and, I mean, lots of little things. This, this one is funny. So, uh, you know, get, staying healthy, which we talked about, is hard when you're on that. You no sleep. And it's sometimes you're on such a long flight that you, you try to sleep and you can't sleep anymore. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, you fly in commercial until you get to uh, Frankfurt. And or to, uh, um, gosh, I can't believe I can't think of the exact um, Ramstein Air Base, uh-huh. and then you start flying military. You might get on a C seventeen. Usually we did, and then the the planes get smaller as you get, mm-hmm. you know, you're on a C one thirty or helicopters or whatever, and so you're just as beat up and cramped as you could possibly be when you get to the first show <laughs> and, and sometimes people get sick, you know, or they, or they didn't take care of themselves or, or they just got bad luck. And Chuck, one time Chuck got this, that's his name, Chuck off. He, he got sick and he was sick. Oh my God. You know, coming out of both ends and just trying to, oh, no. and they finally put us in our huts, which it's 113 degrees and sand blowing everywhere. And, and, uh, this was in Iraq and you know, the bases do get attacked or they did at that time. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's way away from the perimeter, but the alarms go off and you have to follow protocol and you got to get in the oh, shelter. Shit. And it's a thing, you know, the first time it happens to you, you're like, Oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> and you have a million guys, soldiers going, follow me, come this way. Don't panic. And they put you in the bunkers or whatever, or whatever the protocol is for where you're at. And that day we had just gotten into our, huts and uh he turned the air conditioning up and he crashed out you know and then i mean 10 minutes in the alarm starts going off and it's on basically on our side of the base didn't mean that anything ever came that close to us but you can't blow it off right so they come to our huts and they get us and it's like come on sir i've got to take you to the bunker and they knock on his door and he didn't even answer he's like leave me alone you know and so they open the door and he says sir sir there is an attack i think we're going to be fine but i got to take you to the bunker and he goes i'm not moving just go and the guy's like i I have to take you sir and he goes i hope they score a direct hit right on my hut (laughs) (laughs) he did he just goes leave me alone and and the poor god didn't know what to do so he left them you know and, oh and they goodness. came over and we we're like where's chuck he's, uh, he told that story oh and of course god. in a few minutes it was the alarm was passed and we were good but uh yeah that was uh <laughs> oh the other quick one when the first time we got over there we were playing one of the outs outside like the soccer stadium i think and and uh 
I had to, you know, they get us the drums that you asked for and they, they sent a brand new Yamaha kit to that production company. It was in the boxes. It was in the cardboard boxes. Oh no. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, I'll, I'll put it together. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sitting outside hundred and God knows what, you know, putting these drums together. And then you have to go into an air conditioned trailer and cool off for a minute. Cause you're yeah. just, yeah. And I come out and go in, come out and go in. And I set up, finally got it set up, and I just played a little bit. And I had, you know, set everything, gone in, cooled off, came back out, and was going to tune. And I hit the cymbals, and you know how you do. You're done, and you reach up. Oh, no. And and I reached up, and I grabbed the cymbals. And uh, I didn't hear a sizzling sound, but I I mean, I scorched both hands because I'm such an (laughs) idiot. It didn't even even seem like that was a thing. And I was just like, oh, my. But uh, last little thing I wanted to say, we figured something out really good when you first go over there. And, and as you probably learned, it's it's about the artist. They can't wait for the artist, any artist, to yeah. go and do that. And Toby loves it. And you're playing music, but you're meeting people and yeah. you're making friends. Yeah. And when we first started doing it, it was all about, hey, we've got Toby scheduled to do this and go here. And, and the band just had downtime until it was showtime. Yeah. And we kind of were like, well, you know, if it's all the same to y'all, we'd love to meet people too. We don't have to go where he goes. You know, you got that sure. all planned. Sure. And they said, really? Yeah. And we're all like, man, we didn't come over here to just lay around, you know, no. take us to the hospital, yeah. take us somewhere. I mean, we'll, right, right. and they were like, really? Okay. So then the next day it's scheduled. You're on. And, and, and we figured out real quick that at the show, uh, Toby started introducing us from where we're from in the States or where we grew up or whatever. So yeah. then we're done. He's got his meet and greet that he's doing. And every one of us had a little bunch of guys and girls yes. that are from that area. Yeah. And you got a built-in conversation starter. And to this day, we told everybody at every one of those concerts, if you, if you saw us here, you're seeing us now, when we get back to your town in the States, be calm, come to the back gate, let somebody know, let a, let a yellow shirt know that uh, – you saw us in Iraq. You saw us in Afghanistan or Kuwait or wherever. And uh, be patient. Tell them to come and get one of us. Yeah. We'll come and get you, and uh, you'll Love be it. our guest for the day. And and Love it still it. happens. still happens. It's so, so and, uh, great, man. Super proud of all, all of those times. It was, it was the definition. It kind of redefines what you think you can get out of yourself when you put that many that many miles and that, all the conditions, you know. All right, one last question I got for you. All right. What is the deal with that push in Whiskey for My Horses? Oh, uh, in the break? Yeah. Yeah? It's on the and of one. I've played that with a couple different groups, and when we're playing it right, yeah, you're like, what? Where is it? Now, I, I, the riff starts on, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. That starts on the end of one. Is that where that comes from? Do you know I think, the story you know, behind and, that? Well, no. I mean, because uh, in that respect, you know, we're, we're a cover band. You know, they cut that record. And uh, it's it's a really – the first time I heard it, I was like – Do you know who's on the track? Um, in that, that's either uh, – I think that's J.R. I oh, hope wow. I'm right. Okay. I hope I'm right. I think that's the uh, J.R. Robinson's on that record. Um, I could be wrong. It could be Shannon. Uh, those overlap a couple times, and so uh, no disrespect if I said the wrong one. <laughs> um, but uh, 
Yeah, it, you know, the the way that lick is, it's kind of a pig, you know, one end. And there's sort of a, uh, there's actually a, a layered guitar part on that that's, that's even, it's beautifully sloppy. I mean, how they did it is really cool. If you really put it in the headphones and you listen to the second part, but the, if you were just going to sing it like we just did, one and two and three and four and one and two, right? Yeah. So, it's really cool live and and right there um we are tracked the only track the only audio track that we use all night willie comes in and sings the second verse right there's a video yeah Yeah. and he comes in by video and he's sitting around a campfire and he's singing that verse so you know you're you're you know you got to click on that one and you're just kind of and and it's the first time you hear it, it's just like anything, right? It goes past and you go, what is that? Yeah, right. <laughs> but Toby does a big jump. He jumps up in the air and lands on it, you know, yeah. and it used to be a pyro cue too. And teaching the pyro shooter to to hit that. It comes by fast. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, man. And So, I mean, I, I know probably maybe a lot of listeners, they don't they may not know that song in particular, but I mean, it, it, it was a pretty big hit, especially oh, yeah. with, with Willie's. Ten, ten week, I think. Ten yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. But if you get a chance to, the top of the to hear that song, to, yeah. to hear what we're talking about, it's pretty cool, especially when, if you're playing it and, and everybody knows it, you just... You just hit that thing it's just it was one of my favorite parts of course the drum fills are badass too oh man yeah <laughs> yeah and the horns uh if you can catch us doing it uh uh oh, the horns live. the horns are yeah. great on that the 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 whole band's just having a blast and and you know it i, I couldn't be any I, i'm saying it on purpose i hope to hear i couldn't be any prouder of of the bunch we got out there now and the way that it's uh it it, it you know it's to try to try to wind up, we talked about working all year round, and we talked about all of these things about how you try to be focused and you have to get sharp and you have to bring bring it right and yeah. go through the Play-Doh Fun Factory of the biz. <laughs> but one thing we didn't ever know about till we started doing it is when you're when you play and you're basically on call, which we are, mm-hmm. you know, year round we can do anything else we want to do. But you're on call. Exactly. So you, you, yeah. you have to be careful what you get into. And you have mm-hmm. to be careful what you commit to. And you always have to have that caveat. Uh, you know, if if the boss calls, I yeah. mean, it could happen if something pops up, which we don't have as many pop-ups as we used to. Mm-hmm. But finishing in October and not playing again until March, right? And in, if, we, if we really go a long time like that, then they'll, we'll have a rehearsal. But it is not the kind of rehearsal where you expect everybody to get back together and have no idea how anything goes. It's just going to be do your homework, brush up, and we're going to get together and we're going to run the show a couple of times. Does Toby join you? Not for something like that. Yeah, okay. And, and you know, he, he wrote most of the stuff, so it's kind of on him to and, – and I would venture to say it's the same thing, right? I mean, he's into so many other things, so – yeah. He doesn't let it surprise him, you know, like, yeah. oh, my gosh, you know, I didn't think of that song or how's that song go? Or yeah. it's it's just another thing that you have to learn to be uh, to be up for. Right? No, that's and, interesting. It's an interesting part of, of, of working with an artist like that. Just just a little little nugget from an older guy. Now that there is all this social media and you and you have that ability to just go, 
Ah, you can ride whatever you want, right? You can slam anybody or compliment anybody or whatever. But don't forget that there's guys out there that are checking that stuff out. And yeah. right now, your job's amazing, and it's where you're going to be. And you might be there till the end. But somebody might be might have you in their mind, like, hey, you know, I, I got, I, he's in my good column, mm-hmm. and one day somebody's going to call and ask and say, hey, man, what do you think about this guy? And maybe the act he's with now is not. And and you want to be able to go, that guy right there, that's your call. On my, as far as I'm concerned, he's my first recommendation, go. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not just meaning me. And there's guys, everybody that's out there, the word of mouth is still a thing. But if if you're, if the average tone of your social media post is, downward let's say yeah for sure <laughs> just learn it know it live it you know i mean if, if 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 that's you and and you're good with that but uh there's there's some there's some guys out there that are not you know that are they're paying attention you can sabotage yourself yeah, yeah. and that, that's all i want to say there's there's yeah. some amazing talent out there amazing and mm-hmm. again that doesn't just apply to drummers Mm-hmm. All of us are out there going, man. You know, who's the new crop? Who's this? Who? Who do I call in case? Yeah. Who do you know? But if you're hiring somebody, or you're looking to get hired for a tour, where you have to hang out, what kind of person do you want to represent? Well, yeah. And now I hate it, but used to you'd go, you'd call somebody and go, hey, you know him? How is he? You know, we have guys in our band right now that got hired exactly like that. Well, I heard he's great. I don't know anything about him. What do you know? Mm-hmm. Now. Just flip over their Facebook page, right, or their uh, Instagram. Well, and it's interesting because I know people that, like, I really love and adore, but it's like their social media posts are so vitriolic that you're just kind of like, dude, it's a great like, word. You're a, you're a better person than this. It's like the, what you post on social media does not represent who you are. So cut that shit out because you're going to miss opportunities. Yeah, man, and you just want to hu- you just want to hug them and say that it's yeah. it doesn't mean that you're not hilarious, and it doesn't mean that you don't have a sharp wit. It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, you know, and all of that stuff. The humor might be in saying it, but reading it sometimes it doesn't transfer. Right. And right. if you want to be intensely political or whatever you want, you, mm-hmm. you pick something. Mm-hmm. Um, once once you're divisive, you know you're running off half of whatever that potential pool was. Yeah. It's 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 as public as you want it to be, and it's it's more public than you probably think. And if you're if you're representing companies, if you're an endorser and all that stuff, oh, I know. Right, right. You just want to say to some of the younger guys, be, be sure you're thinking down yeah, the agree. rest of the way down that road, and it's not a threat. It's just trying to be helpful. Because yeah, you're right. You know, yeah. I've been sitting in a room before when somebody went, oh, <laughs> oh no, you know, yeah. that was going to be a phone call, and and you go, oh. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't want that guy. Here. Dave, I appreciate this, man. Man, this is awesome, man. This <laughs> man, so, thank I mean, you for so your time, stuff. man. <laughs> It's been fun, and, uh, and and listening to these is great, man. You're, you're a great interviewer, great great questions. Hey, man, thank you, dude. Well, this is your second time. I appreciate like <laughs> all this information that you're, you're, you're giving. It's really good. I Thanks, appreciate man. It. Thanks again, Dave. Uh, this is your second time on this show, The Fitness Roundtable, which if you haven't heard, check that out. We've got some uh, expert and experienced advice from that roundtable, and Dave was part of that, and it's really uh, fun to – take some time one-on-one to talk about Dave's experience uh, and the crazy ride that has been working with um, Toby Keith all these years. 
Uh, stay tuned next week for Zach Albetta's interview. He is interviewing Robert Boone of the Count Basie Orchestra. So please check that out. Again, as I mentioned in the beginning, please leave a rating and review of, of our podcast. Check out our YouTube channel as we are slowly populating archived episodes to make that available if that is your platform for listening. But thanks so much for listening, and I hope to see you around. Bye-bye. Thank you.